0: Uh, Calvin's Institutes, especially for me, was uh, quite formative at a young age. I had received it for my birthday when I was 17 because um, I had begun, begun to be interested in Calvinism from um, just studying history in high school and um, studying the doctrines of the Reformation and also the Puritans, which kind of had led me to a Reformed theology. And um, having read about how influential the a work the, Cal- the Institutes was, I had asked for it and I had received it. And uh, the first few months of reading it, those, the, the first initial chapters of the Institute, specifically uh, Book 1, 1 through 7, um, to this day have left just an indelible impression upon my just thinking, my worldview, even the way i come to sin, or even come to my God as a creator and a savior, and a God who's actually revealed himself. Um, Calvin begins his Institutes with the words that uh, all knowledge, Inasmuch as its true and solid knowledge consists entirely of two parts, knowledge of God and knowledge of ourselves, and um, he he's he's even unsure about how which precedes the other, or um, which by which we derive uh, one from the other. But he says that that is the content of knowledge: it's knowledge of us as a creature, and it's a knowledge of God as a creator. Uh, most importantly, or at least one of the most uh, influential. Ideas in which Calvin had brought to Christian theology is that that very knowledge is impressed upon all people everywhere He's borrowing some of those ideas from Cicero, but he brings it into a Christian context to show that There is a sense of divinity impressed upon every person in every single uh, culture around the globe at all time And uh, this sense of divinity he talks about in uh, Book 1, Chapter 3 By chapter 4, he goes on to show that this sense of divinity is stifled and corrupted by our own sin. That that stifling and corruption of of that sense uh, brings brings forth cultures of idolatry. Um, Idolatry is the product of a sense of divinity twisted and thwarted by our own own rebellion. And but by chapter 5, he then shows how God has also revealed himself in nature. That uh, nature reveals the... The magnificence of a uh, invisible and uh, divine Creator, and um, so he has this rich revel- revelatory theology that our knowledge is wrought from God's revelation. How how we know what is true and, and proper knowledge is that God has revealed these things first within ourselves, also in creation. But by chapter six is where it, Calvin's character as a theologian really comes out. Um, in context of God's revelation, both within ourselves and within all creation, um, Calvin compares uh, compares us to people who have no sight. He says, as with the aged um, or those whose sight is defective, um, even if a book is set before them, however fair, they can scarcely put together um, scarcely put together two words, although they know something is written there. But when they're aided by glasses, they can now they can now see and read directly. So Scripture. It, helps ga- it gathers together those impressions of deity, he says. Those very pr- impressions of deity that He had talked about in chapter 1, uh, chapter 3, chapter 4, and chapter 5. It gathers those impressions of deity and uh, it leads us towards uh, a true knowledge of God. One which dispels, he says, any darkness which our, which our sins had uh, previously wrought upon all of our knowledge of God. And so we have there Calvin's uh, relationship between general and special revelation, um, something which has been an inheritance of Reformed theology ever since. Um, And so those chapters had, I remember reading them uh, multiple times uh, and because it was just, it had just blown up my, my Christian worldview to see what sin is and sin in context to revelation and both those things and how God's, through the Holy Spirit, eventually we read in uh, late, later, later chapters how God overcomes our sin to bring that very true and proper knowledge of ourselves as weak sinners in need of mercy and our very merciful God who has come to redeem sinners uh, recently i've been also impressed uh, uh, about book one chapter thirteen that uh, unlike um, someone like unlike Thomas Aquinas who would spend 28 of his articles of the of 28 of the first articles in the summa theologica until uh, on the doctrine of god on um, the philosophy of god that after those 28 finally in the 29th article he begins to deal with the trinity where calvin's doctrine of god when it, he does not talk about god unless he's also talking about the trinity God calvin's god is no is never a uh a monistic, a abstraction by any means, it's, and, that's, and that's his focus. And he makes this excellent article in uh, section 16 of that chapter where he talks about uh, Paul's argument that we have one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, and he shows how that baptism is inherently Trinitarian, and so our faith is Trinitarian, um, our baptism is Trinitarian, and so therefore also is that one true God a Trinitarian God, and um, that, that has also that has recently uh, very much impressed me, just in contrast to even other other theologians, especially I mean Henry of Ghent for instance uh, he begins his discussion of God in, in Article 20 but it's not till 45 uh, it's not until Article 45 that I actually starts talking about the Trinity but that's not the case with Calvin. Um, On a more practical level, I remember reading much later on, you know, it took me months and months to to read the Institutes, um, but much later on had come upon Book 3, Chapter 7, Section 9, at the very end. Uh, Calvin's talking about self-denial, which is um, kind of the bedrock of how he sees the the Christian life. And as he's talking about self-denial, he he speaks about the marginalization, the disenfranchisement that all Christians will experience as they are... uh, as they are the the persecuted and uh, marginalized church. And he says that, however, the Son of God has a solace in which he can rest more tranquilly than at the very uh, heights and summits of wealth and power, because he considers that the affairs of his life are ordered by the Lord in a manner most conducive to his salvation. Reading that, uh, that has just been etched upon my heart, um, knowing, and that's, that has been the language of how I come about God's fatherly care. Um, that he has ordered the events of my life in a manner most conducive for my salvation. For me, that's, that's been what it means to be an object of God's fatherly love. Um, and so that has also been uh, a very, a, a very uh, inescapable impression which Calvin has made.